4: Like Egyptian. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit xzbn.net. For the broadcasting that we have, on Simul TV on the Exxon TV channel visit simultv.com now for those of you who may not know this this is the Exxon a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard it's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality and the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Talkstar Radio Network Mutual Broadcast Network and Talkstar Radio Network Okay. Now, once again, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at Exxon Nation, my first guest tonight is Leon Beebe. And uh, Leon attended high school in Riverdale, New York at the prestigious Riverdale Country School. Uh, he went to college at Washington University in St. Louis and law school at the University of Miami. Leon was CEO of his father's lighting business for 22 years and a member of the Young President's Organization for 17 years. Leon is the author of Adam Alien, published in 2014, and Adam Decoded, published in 2018. They are part of the Adam series trilogy. Leon is an expert on such uh, subjects as human origins, biology, and ancient mythology and archaeology. He is a believer in ancient uh, texts representing actual human ev- uh, events and true history, and his theses is both controversial and explosive. Joining me now is Leon Bibi, And Leon, welcome to the X-Zone.
5: Thank you so much. Great to be here. All right.
4: Where did your interest in extraterrestrials, ancient aliens, uh, come from?
5: You know, it was interesting. My I have two brothers, uh, my older brother... A, a, a saw a UFO, and I had never seen a UFO or believed in UFOs, mm-hmm. saw a UFO in the 1980s, told me it was uh, uh, hovering over a highway in New York, 400 feet long, triangular shape. Many cars pulled over to the side, couldn't believe what they saw. Um, he was dumbfounded. He called 911. They said they had uh, three to 4,000 calls about this UFO, and it just just so happens to be that the UFO was over a nuclear uh, 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 a, a nuclear uh, uh, base in in New York. And um, he told me it that story. I didn't really believe it, and I sort of put it aside mentally.
6: Mm-hmm. Then my younger
5: My younger brother then was in the Hamptons in New York on Long Island, and told me he saw five burning spinning ufos over the atlantic ocean zipping around and uh, fading in and out um and so after that which was about 1991 i said i really ought to look into this
4: (laughs) okay so what steps did you take in looking into the ufos and sightings past and present
5: i first started um reading tons of books Mm -hmm. about ufos uh stanton friedman who recently passed away a few years ago, was one of my favorite authors. He's a, a nuclear physicist. He's he's from New Jersey. And um, he really dug deep into uh, the NSA, CIA, uh, through Freedom of Information Act um, at the Library of Congress. And he would sit and read uh, memorandum and documents um, from... Uh, MJ12, 12, Majestic 12, which was uh, which was a group of twelve of scientists. Uh, um, but wasn't during, M- the, during oh. the Eisenhower? Um, but wasn't
4: MJ12 proved to be a hoax?
5: I don't think it is a hoax. I, I, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was.
4: Oh, why don't you think it was? Have you ever seen the actual documents, or have you just seen the photocopies and the pictures, like everyone else has?
5: I've seen the I've seen just the photocopies, read them. Yeah, I I haven't seen the actual documents now. So so what makes you think it's legitimate? Just the 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 the, the depth of information, the dates, mm-hmm. the corresponding dates um, to the crashes, you know, in Roswell, Corona, mm-hmm. um, the information, uh, certainly the appendix that talks about, you know, what to do with extraterrestrial craft. Mm-hmm. That really got me got me interested i thought that that was authentic okay um
4: so what was the first ufo case that you investigated or researched
5: you know it would, definitely was roswell mm-hmm. um i looked into roswell pretty pretty heavily um you know but i would say second degree uh, uh you know you know second degree uh, uh persons that you know were involved at at roswell mm-hmm. either a, a son a daughter um, read, read testimony, um, a lot of Stanton's work uh, based on Roswell, and just uh, Freedom of Information Act documents, you know, related to Roswell, reading about you know, the Eisenhower uh, papers and um, anything I can get my hands on about it. And I really, really felt that, you know, the information, especially the memo the memo that mm-hmm. was shown in the hands of uh, Ramey, um, that that, that me, has that photograph, an enlarged photograph in the yeah. memo, talking about a saucer that had landed, and bodies found in the ship. But, um, I thought that that was the smoking gun.
4: But nobody's ever been able to read that entire memo because it is totally distorted.
5: Yeah, it is. A bit, it is a bit distorted. I don't know what you've you've seen or heard, but it is it is a bit distorted. Oh, my I, first I, book, sure.
4: I I understand that because Kevin Randall. Who writes books and does actual on-site researcher research has a show on this network, and uh, I, I've talked to Kevin off-air about this, and and he said nobody can read it. A lot of supposition is put into the Roswell case. Now, have you yourself actually gone to Roswell and investigated on scene? No, no, I. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so what makes you think besides the Remy memo that no one can read that there was actually a crash UFO in Roswell and that there were uh life aboard it that have been since then carted off to some people say area 51, some pay say uh, Wright right Patterson air force base.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So, so what, what do you think really happened there?
5: I I think, I think there was an absolutely crash. I mean, I've, I've got in my first book, Adam equals alien mm-hmm. copies of memos dated uh, July 8th, 1947, confirming the following. A disc was recovered near Roswell, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Victims of the crash were forwarded to Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. CIC teams would send PR of weather balloons. Right. There's another memo. Now, no,
4: let's just let's just take that memo you read. It says a saucer craft. Am I correct?
5: It says a disk.
4: Okay, a disk. A but it doesn't say it was from another planet. And it doesn't say that the occupants were of extraterrestrial origin, does it? No. So, once again, we're, uh, we're supposing and adding suppositions to a hypothesis without any actual fact. What about the... Um, what about the theory that, or or what many people believe, that it wasn't actually a UFO that crashed. It was part of a, uh, an atmospheric, or what was it called? Weather balloon? Not a weather balloon. It was a high stratosphere balloon that was used to detect nuclear blasts or nuclear detonations uh, across the horizon in Russia.
5: Yeah. I don't know. I the The, the photograph doesn't depict that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't at all. Um, the photograph looks to me to be um, certainly not that. And if it were that, it would be you know 80 to 90 feet in length. Yeah. Is, um, is, are you talking about the
4: photograph where uh, Jesse Marcel is on his knee holding what looks to be aluminum foil?
5: Yes. Okay.
4: All right, listen, you and I have to take our first break. Please stand by. Index on Nation, our guest this hour, is Leon Beebe. We're talking about... Aliens, we're talking about UFOs, we're talking about ancient aliens, and uh, we'll both be back on the other side of this message that's coming up shortly. <laughs> A little bit of housework, don't forget, the X-Chronicles newspaper is available for, to one and all with our compliments at xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Uh, the X-Zone directory of Who's Who is going to be released just in time for Christmas. And let uh, one more thing, right Craig? If you'd like to watch the Exxon TV channel, it's exclusive to Simul TV 724-365, programming on the paranormal, parapsychology, UFOs, ghosts, hauntings, and things that go bump in the night. Everything that we talk about here on the show. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
2: Homeland Emergency? Uh, this is Elijah. What? Elijah. You know Elijah? No, I don't. Uh, well, they know me down at the police station. Why does that keep beeping like that? It's on a recording. Oh, hey, a recording. That's great. Okay. I'm, 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 you know not am being recorded? Yes, sir. Hey, that's great. I want everybody to hear about me. Pretty soon, I'll be world famous. <laughs> that's the truth. I'm going to Jerusalem pretty soon. God's going to take me his way, a spaceship, UFOs. You better believe it. They're everywhere. Everybody has seen Millions of people have seen them all around the world. Well, that's great. Now, that's right. And uh, God bless the police officers and the scientists and ordinary people that talk about these UFOs so they do accept and I know all about them. I'm going to I'm the number one scientist on this planet. I I'm an authority on I'm a scientist. Okay. Have okay, you heard of Albert Einstein? No, but I'm going to have to go. i got other images. I, mean, I can explain uh, it to you, his problem with relativity. Well, it, I don't have time to hear Einstein's oh, theory of relativity. Oh, uh, but it's very simple. He does to in T-square. That's he, right. Okay, Emmanuel equals from the side. in the second time. It's not what i right, my dear Watson. Einstein was a Jew, and I'm a Jew. And very few people in the world understood him. That's right, I'm an engineer I'm an electrician, a plumber, everything I can do anything Oh, well, that's wonderful One am the world's greatest entertainer well, I'm, uh... worth, I'm worth about $50 million a year <laughs> Elijah, I gotta go now Okay, okay, God bless you Bye-bye Bye-bye
6: I made love to an alien near Roswell last night We strolled along together not right, I made love to name last night When she gripped my hand I was feeling mighty fine But her fingers with mine would not intertwine When I bent down and gazed into her eyes
4: they were bigger donuts and blacker than the sky. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. My email address is Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com. And throughout the internet on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV. I guess this hour is Leon Baby. And Leon, um, that, that picture that everybody associates with the Roswell crash debris with with Jesse Marcel. Uh, holding it up, it looks like it was a pre-planned photo op. Uh, what do you think about the fact that Jesse Marcel, after he went to Mark Brazel's farm and retrieved crash debris, took it into his custody, and instead of going right back to the to the base, he decided to go home, wake up his wife and son, brought this evidence. Into the house, let his son play with it mm-hmm. and then took it to the air base now, doesn't that mean that as a as a base intelligence officer, he broke the chain of custody, and that evidence should never have been used in any aspect of an investigation
5: that's possible yeah I mean it's a good point that's a definitely a good yeah. point i did I did read that and i did uh recognize that that may have been a I, I, against certainly against protocol.
4: Yes, definitely. So, so doesn't that kind of taint the entire story of Roswell? Basically, that if the key factor or one of the key uh, persons or factor in this investigation screwed it up, tainted the chain of evidence that anything that was retrieved by Jesse Marcel could not be used in any way. And and yet here you have a person who is sworn to secrecy as an officer in, in the intelligence division who makes a big publicity stunt out of the whole thing. Mm. You see, I, I've i got a lot of questions about Roswell. A lot of questions. Yeah. It doesn't make I'm, sense.
5: I'm certainly not an expert. Yeah, Rob, on Roswell, I, I didn't write three books about Roswell. You, you just asked me which oh. you know, was my first case
4: All right. when I read it. So what did you write three books about?
5: Uh, Specifically about the origins of humans, mm-hmm. um, as it relates from the Sumerian tablets, um, I, I read pretty much all all the Zakaria Sitchin books, right? And read many translations of the Sumerian tablets mm-hmm. about the Anunnaki, right? I'm a big believer in the Anunnaki coming to Earth, you know, for, you know, for gold, mm-hmm. and and creating humans. And my second and third my second book is called Adam Decoded which delves into Sumerian tablets, et cetera. Uh, But the fourth, the third book is called The Missing Link. And The Missing Link is specifically about DNA, about 223 uh, genes that have uh, 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 no no relation whatsoever to Mm -hmm. primates. They just came uh, and showed themselves in the human genome. And I delve into four genes specifically um, that um, have to do with uh, brain capacity, uh, speech and um, uh, neurology, and the, could could not have a, have adapted via mutation uh, through the normal Darwinian uh, process of evolution. Right. So there must have been some sort of intervention um, with extraterrestrials and humans.
4: Um, how did you do your research on this hypothesis uh, mm. that your book is based on?
5: Uh, A lot of uh, information via genes, about genes, about Mm -hmm. these genes specifically. Um, I've interviewed uh, geneticists uh, from New Jersey, Princeton, um, University of Chicago, Northwestern, um, and UCLA. Wow. I've gotten some information back from them. Some... some just don't really under don't know about these four genes they they're sort of called pseudogenes but if you look into them carefully look at how they're you know h- h- how they're created and what they t- produce um and h- how they how they affect the, the human body you know via you know uh, intelligence or speech um or anything that separates us pretty much from primates a lot of these geneticists just don't know where they came from. Specifically, chromosome two, chromosome they call it chromosome two, is a gene that just nobody understands, and they they're just not not aware of of any typical form you know formulation from a primate uh, you know chromagnon primate right. mutating over over hundreds of thousands or millions of years you know into Homo sapiens sapien. They just cannot figure out how this gene became itself um, and uh, proteins were created. And so they just call it a pseudogene.
4: Wow. So, so when we're looking at the missing link, do you think that the missing link is the Anunnaki?
5: I do. I think the missing link is extraterrestrial intervention. Um, you know, Darwin, was, Darwin himself admitted holes in his uh, hypothesis. And there, there's no fossil evidence uh, mm-hmm. to show um, the transformation from a primate to a human. None. So, uh, it, because of this lack of evidence, uh, fossil evidence, um, there are, you know, therein became the missing link. And so, I, I believe, and, and several other people believe that, mm-hmm. you know, the missing link is a, is a, is a manipulation or an intervention by extraterrestrials. I believe the, it's the Anunnaki, but it could have been via many different types of ex, extra, extraterrestrials over, you know, millions of years, hundreds of thousands to millions of years um, uh, in the human genome um, to tweak it, tweak it, tweak it um, for their own purposes.
4: Why did the Yanunaki come here? Why did they manipulate human DNA? Why did they so, enslave DNA? And what what did they need the gold for?
5: Yeah, you know, so Nibiru, which is the planet where they're From Planet um, X, Planet X exactly, way past Pluto, Mm -hmm. um, zips into our solar system every 3,600 years. um, Basically, was becoming irradiated, and they were losing their their ozone layer, and they were dying. Um, And so they needed something that could shield back the heat of their. It's a binary sun system, so they had a sun way past Pluto. But they were getting irradiated from the sun, and they needed some metal that could, that could uh, uh, be malleable and thin enough to explode into the atmosphere and create uh, a, a pseudo-ozone layer and uh, keep back this mm-hmm. heat and radiation and ultraviolet rays.
4: So what, you know, why did they pick Earth? There's no other planet in the solar system closer to Planet X that they could have mined for the gold?
5: You know what's funny? There's a lot of gold in the asteroid belt. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, in writing, in reading about this in yeah. the Sumerian tablets, and there's a phenomenal depiction of their voyage uh, from Nibiru uh, Planet X to Earth um, around uh, the the asteroid belt. But that, yes, there's plenty of, of gold in the asteroid belt, um, but they couldn't they couldn't mine it because they they were in little chunks. That it wasn't it was very difficult to mine. Plus, apparently, some of their ships were getting destroyed, uh, trying to navigate through um, the asteroid belt. Hmm, so, interesting. Yeah, go ahead. So they found Earth, uh, that Earth had gold, and um, they had sent an expedition initially there. Um, he confirmed, he the, the Anunnaki confirmed that there mm-hmm. was gold there, and then 200 um, uh, members came came, Anunnaki came to Earth, and then... They started their operations in South Africa um, and then moved to Middle East and then from Middle East to South America. Wherever they found, you know, were able to find gold, they started to mine it. And uh, apparently the uh, Ajiji, who were their miners, I guess you'd say workers, um, revolted um, and did not want to. It was hard work. All right, stand by.
4: We've got to take a break here. When we come back, more about Anunnaki mining procedures. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Leon Beebe is our guest. And if you'd like to uh, find out more about Leon or if you'd like to buy his books, visit Amazon.com. We'll be back on the other side of this news break. Whatever you do, don't go away.
6: I was feeling mighty fine. But her fingers with mine would not intertwine. When I bent down and gazed into your eyes. They were big as donuts and blacker than the sky. She said, I'm feeling lonely. I said, Lord, so am I. We'll stroll along together, but we won't question why. That ground beneath your feet is flashing red and white and sprouting little mushrooms left and right.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, while the rest of us sleep in.
3: Well I just got back from Roswell where the aliens have been And if you ask the feds the cause well they'll only lie again Now I'm hunted by the gumshoes and I'm wanted by the cops Cause they think that I might be the guy making circles in the crops And I know that there's a conspiracy from the voices in my head Elvis lives, that's clear to me. It's McCartney who is dead. And if the Mars men should come again and take me, I will go. I will take a trip on their rocket ship. God bless the UFO. Give JFK this message. It's the Cuban army's fault. And I know that Dave Koresh is alive inside a vault. We've seen reports in papers of a guy who knows about a car that runs on chewing gum, but the Arabs rubbed him out. And we loudly warn that America is badly unprepared. With the Cold War through, we need something new that can get you good and scare you. Wonder just who warning you of conspiracies today. We're the ones who fill the mill. We are
4: the And welcome back, everyone. Leon Beebe is our guest this hour. He is the author of several books. It's a trilogy, and if you go to Amazon.com or Amazon.ca and type in his name, L-E-O-N-B-I-B-I, into the top search engine, You'll be able to buy his books right then and there. Um, Where did the... uh, You know, I understand that the Anunnaki were talked about or written about in the Sumerian text. Zachariah Sitchin introduced them to the world. But is there any other statement or any other historical reference that the Anunnaki were in fact real and that the Anunnaki did in fact come from another planet.
5: Besides the Sumerian besides the Sumerian tablets, yeah. um there were depictions of the Anunnaki um in Egypt um on you know s- several several do- several I guess clay uh fortresses
3: mm-hmm. and
5: they they would they would depict a large muscular um humanoid mm-hmm. and then they would they would depict the smaller half the size, smaller, thinner humanoid next to them subservient to them um so okay i would say that those would be pretty much the only two you know formal depictions of of uh of the anunnaki
4: so why do we give it any credibility why wouldn't we why would we you know it's not as if it's a been recorded in, or there's been other evidence found to support the the Sumerian text claim. How do we know it just isn't uh, a story that was made up?
5: It's pre- it, it, it it predates the Bible, the Old Testament. That's not what um, I'm
4: asking you. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm not bringing the Bible into this.
5: Well, I'm just saying, would you? I mean, some people believe the Bible is all mm-hmm. you know fact, and I, I I would dispute that. Okay. So the Sumerian tablets are six thousand. You know, some cases mm-hmm. six thousand years ago, okay. forty-five hundred B.C.
4: All
6: right. So
5: it predates all all documentation. As long as it's translated correctly, mm-hmm. it predates all documentation. So I would I would I would argue that that's probably the most credible, uh, you know, dot you know information available to to human society.
4: But once again, have you actually read the
5: exact? Yes, I have
4: all six thousand pages. Or I, I'm sorry, uh, no, no 6,000 years there's ago. There's
5: 300, 300,000 tablets.
4: And you've and, read them um, all?
5: I, I've read several, several, <laughs> I would say probably, uh, well, the, they're translatable into mm-hmm. several books. Right. Um, and there's, there's been, uh, you know, linguists from the University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Samuel Kramer, yeah. um, who um, who translated, I don't know, 50,000. The um, tablets, and pretty much the tablets uh, speak to the Anunnaki having existed, being real, coming to Earth uh, for gold, mm-hmm. creating humans uh, for you know as to be slave uh, uh, labor um, because of the Igigi, uh going against and just you know avoiding the work of digging up the gold. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know I think that Zakaria Sitchin is. Uh, You know, uh, uh, he's a he's a maverick in in what in what he created and unearthed. And, um, you know, I think I think he's he should be as important as, you know, some of the most, you know, prestigious um, researchers slash philosophers out there.
4: Why, if the Anunnaki were so smart that they could actually develop a space flight. Mm -hmm. Why would they have to come to earth to get gold? Why couldn't they use some other material? And my question is, why couldn't they mine it from the asteroid belt? Why would this civilization come here and basically enslave us?
0: Yeah.
5: They, well, they didn't really enslave. Well, they created us. Uh, So I wouldn't say enslave us. They, they, well, they created us to become slaves. Yes. I'm very happy they did. Why? <laughs> because without that, we wouldn't be here.
4: How do you know that?
5: I'll, 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 I'll give you a little data. Homo habilis, 2.2 mm-hmm. 2. 2 million years to 1.6 million years. You can mm-hmm. check this. Yeah. Had a brain capacity of 750 milliliters. Okay. Homo, Homo erectus, 1.6 million to 400,000 years. Had a brain capacity of 900 milliliters.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So for 1.2 million years... The brain, brain enlarged from 750 to 900 milliliters. That's 16%. Okay. All of a sudden, from 200,000 years to today,
6: mm-hmm.
5: Homo sapiens' brains went from 900 milliliters to 1400 milliliters.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: That's
5: a 55% increase. Okay. How did that happen?
4: By evolution? Darwinism? Yeah.
5: By, by human evolution? By mutation? Yeah, no. why not? Didn't. Well, well, so wait a second, happened. then. Then, something, what are you saying? What are you something saying? Something wait, wait, wait a happened. second.
4: Wait a second. Hold on here. So you're saying that all other species on this planet, all other mammals, they progressed to the point where they are today because of the intervention of the Anunnaki?
5: No, only only Homo sapiens, only humans.
4: Well, why wouldn't they use horses? They were better, you know, or or whatever large animal there was instead of using humans or slaves.
5: They used Cro-Magnons. They 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 didn't use Neanderthals. They they used Cro-Magnons. Okay, because that was the most, I guess, closest skull and closest body structure to theirs. Right, it was smaller than mm-hmm. theirs. Um, Neanderthals were more primate. uh the, the the wideness of the face and the nostrils. Right, right. And, and the cro were a little bit more human, humanoid. Mm-hmm. And so they took an egg, several. It, it took them, uh, I don't even know how long, but a long time to figure out how to basically uh, create a test tube baby mm-hmm. uh, from from a Cro-Magnon egg and an Anunnaki sperm. And they mixed it, okay. um, just like a test tube baby would be. Uh, and uh, they had to snip... Uh, and 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 basically snip several mm-hmm. chromosomes from the primates. They've you know forty-eight. We have forty-six. Right. They just snip some of the chromosomes and literally take some parts out and snip on others. So they would basically they had to add speech, they had to add cranial capacity and reasoning, and so those were those are you know th- those were genetic traits that had. So that's, you know, that's proof that, you know, primates don't speak. They, they don't have the capacity to speak. We do. Um, so, And there are, there, are, there, are, there are three or four genes that, you know, are specific to speech
6: mm-hmm.
5: and, and brain capacity. MIR941, that's a brain gene. SR6AP2, also a brain gene. Le- okay. so
4: these right, Let me ask you this. Two- Let's say five years from now, or even... Next month, science makes a startling discovery. They find the missing link. It has nothing to do with the Anunnaki. It has nothing to do with Planet X. It has nothing to do with extraterrestrials. What then?
5: There won't be a missing link. Because there's no... Since Darwin in 1860, Mm -hmm.
7: there hasn't been
5: one shred of evidence, fossil evidence, showing the transition from primate to human. Not one.
4: And there has been no fossil evidence of the Anunnaki either.
5: That's not true. There is fossil evidence of the Anunnaki. Where? And uh, there are skulls of the Anunnaki oh, that you're... were found in Peru. Oh, so you're talking about you're
4: talking you're talking about the elongated skulls. Yes. That have been proven to be banded.
5: No, not not true. All
4: not right. True. You're you're a believer. You're a believer. Heavy duty. A heavy yes. duty but your belief is based on no fact. It's all theory. No. Yeah. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this uh, segment. This is the Exxon, uh, everybody. And as you know, we're always searching for answers, but demanding the proof. Send me your email. Are you a skeptic or a believer? Exxon at TV.com. We'll continue on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the XO from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
3: Out in the field, farmers grew bread and called for the meat. It took fall to shed, The dark into fall. Silence was all, a beauty shone bright. Surrounded by light, come on now. I fell in love with the Netherlands. I fell in love with the Rides. I fell in love with the Netherlands. I'm telling you no disguise. I'm in love with the Netherlands. I'm, I'm in love with the Rides. I'm in love with the
0: Nelly. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying, thank you.
1: Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: Everyone, Leon Bibi is our guest. Uh, his books are available on amazon.com. All right, before we went to the break, we were talking about proof fo- uh, fossil proof of the Anunnaki. and you brought up the, the elongated skulls from Egypt. I'm sorry, from, uh, from Peru. Now they're not fossilized. No. I'm asking for fossil evidence. That the Anunnaki
5: were here. I'm not aware of any fossil evidence
4: of it. Okay, but if they were here, why isn't there any fossil proof of this? You know, Uh, there's Cro-Magnon proof. You know, uh, uh, so why isn't there any proof of the Anunnaki, except in the Sumerian
5: tablets? I mean, the Sumerian tablets, yes, and depictions in Egypt, Mm Mm-hmm. Yes,
4: but those those, those, those depictions could be, be depicting anything. It's a supposition that this depiction of this tall person, this big person beside a small, slender person, is the Anunnaki beside a human. But it, it does it say with anywhere
5: a with a wristwatch holding a bag? Um, I don't know. It's, it seems to me too far fetched to be just a depiction of any human.
4: How do we know it's a wristwatch? Come
5: on. What else would it be?
4: Well, a bracelet. The Egyptians yeah. used to wear bracelets.
5: Mm, doesn't look like a bracelet.
4: Well, there's many
5: kinds of bracelets. <laughs> you know, but to once, it once like again, it's a watch of some sort, communication device.
4: That's because you're a believer. Yeah. At the end of the day, what difference will it make to society? to the listeners of this show who have to get up tomorrow morning go to work to pay their bills if the Anunnaki were real or not
5: listen I, I, I'm i a believer um, that Darwinism is not true no no answer um, my
4: question answer my question
5: your, your question is whether or not it's important for, you, for your listeners to believe in the an Anunnaki for or not.
4: society in general how will this enrich us how will this feed the poor uh, feed the hungry how will this help with the climate situation that we're in?
5: Has nothing to do with that.
4: That's right, so why should we care?
5: I care. <laughs> I think you should care where you're from and the truth of evolution, and that it's not from Darwinism or mutation or survival of the fittest. Right. that humans did not evolve from monkeys, okay. only, and that your your listeners should be aware. That uh, there's information, genetic information mm-hmm. that proves that there are 223 genes that just have no predecessors that couldn't have just shown up. There had to have been some mm-hmm. event. Yeah. But what about the
4: what? what about the listeners who believe in the Bible that God created the heavens and the earth? Nowhere in there is the, the Anunnaki mentioned than neph- the Nephilim are mentioned, but nowhere is it in the Bible is you know, the Anunnaki mentioned. And as yes, far as it is. And, yes, and, it is. And as the
5: Old Testament, the Anakim is mentioned hundred and sixty-eight times. That
4: doesn't mean Anunnaki.
5: Anakim does mean Anunnaki. It's plural for Anunnaki. And you know that. Where did you get this information? It's from the Old Testament. No, but where did you get the translation? Uh, the Sefer Torah, which is the original translation in Hebrew.
4: And it, it actually says Anunnaki.
5: It says Anakim.
4: But does it say... It's
5: a plural for Anunnaki.
4: All right. Let's go in a different direction here. How come many people believe in Planet X? Of course, they believe in the Anunnaki as well, I would imagine. But the greatest scientists in the world, as well as those who watch the skies at night, have never seen any proof of Planet X
5: i'm not so sure it's in our 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 solar system right now well that's i mean it it whips around every 3600 years i'm not sure how far out it is i don't know
4: so we don't know if planet x really does exist number one right because because of its orbital path the
5: wall street journal the wall street journal in 1986 the new york times in 1997 Mm -hmm. both talked about planet x in detail as a matter of fact i've i've snips of Mm -hmm. Those articles in my books. So that's but, not
4: true. But once again, it was unsubstantiated by by scientific proofs. Proof by that's by any evidence.
5: X and and it's twice the size of Earth. And they know that it's how do they um, know? They've never
4: seen it. It's never been
5: tracked. Well, no, I don't
4: know about that. Well, if you know, if NASA would have this other planet that is supposed to be so big. Wouldn't we know about it, or is this it's like not, the not
5: always? Because NASA is really oh, n- not so, going to always so, tell you what they know. So you're also so, no. so
4: you're also into the government conspiracies.
5: Oh, hundred percent, yes. Uh huh. That's what I do. That's that's why I'm here. That's that's my the I'm I, I like to like you're digging. I like mm-hmm. to dig too. Okay, and I I dig into the facts, and I do believe oh. that everything we hear on the radio and everything mm-hmm. we hear from the governments is not always true. And yes, they're going to hide information that they well, know—the the trilaterals, the Bilderbergs—you oh, know—that they know here are go. Is the new world order. The new world order create uh, uh-huh. havoc, yeah, or an uproar. Okay,
4: okay. So the government may at time uh, evade certain issues, right? I'll agree with you on that. But so do authors, authors who have an agenda to sell and try and make a name for them to get their five minutes of fame and glory. We see this all the time. So how do, you know, why should we take the word of an author who's never done any physical research in any of the locations where they write about compared to the government? Who do we believe? Well, there we've done it again, ExoNation. Another guest. Who just couldn't take the heat of the exone? When questioned too much, when credibility is is challenged, when you try and get a straight answer, it's like, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. But you know, the worst part is exonation. They think that we give them a platform to come on and promote their books without challenging them. They want, this guy said he's out there to to get the truth, answer the truth, right? He's not. He's out there to sell a book. Because when I asked him about fossil proof of the Anunnaki, what does he bring up? The elongated skulls that are found in Peru and Central America. If the Anunnaki were going to you know, look for gold. How come they didn't look for it in North America, in Canada the United States? Only in the ancient lands. If it doesn't make sense, we have the right to question it. I don't believe that the Anunnaki are real because there is no evidence except within the... um, what did he say within the Sumerian text Zachariah Sitchin brought it to the top wow I had a lot of respect for Zachariah he was on the show a number of times but when when push comes to shove I did not get answers to my questions and when I pushed because I felt that the exonation was being deceived and led down a A rope that had nothing but knots in it. He hung up. He didn't want to speak to us anymore. I'm not George Norrie, where you go on and he agrees with everything you say. I'm not. I don't want to be another George Norrie. I like asking questions. I like getting honesty from a guest. That is why we call it Searching for Answers, Demanding the Truth. Wow, I don't understand this. I really don't. But I guess he's got nothing better to do. You know, he was—you um, know—he was the CEO of his father's lighting shop, and I didn't see any any studies that would pertain to paleontology. Who knows? Anyway, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the X-Zone continues with yours truly Rob McConnell from our broadcast center in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. And as you know, x Nation, when I play this song, it means another one bites the dust. We'll be back. Don't go away.
3: Smirly down the street With the green pool down low Ain't no sound but the sound of his feet Machine guns ready to go